music, 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 technology, music, technology, music, technology, Hello everyone, and welcome to Mutech Teacher Talk. I'm your host, This podcast is a part of mutechteachernet.com, a website dedicated to advocating, supporting, and inspiring creativity in teachers and students through music technology. It's been a while since I've been able to get a new episode released, so I'm particularly excited to get back in the booth and appreciate you giving us a listen. In this episode, I've invited a colleague, friend, and overall music technology guru, Andy Edwards, to have a conversation about some of the amazing things that he does with his students. Andy teaches music technology at Peachtree Ridge High School in Gwinnett County, Georgia, about 30 miles northeast of Atlanta. And he also serves as the lead teacher for music technology teachers with the Gwinnett County Public Schools, which is one of the largest urban school districts in the United States. Andy, thank you so much for being with me today. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Heath. So, um, like I mentioned, uh, you're doing like some really amazing things with your students over at Peachtree Ridge. But before we get too deep into that, I always like to you know ask my guests to give me an idea of how you got started off in music. What was at what point in time uh, in your life did you realize music was what you wanted to do and what was the route that kind of led you to where you are today teaching music technology? Well, uh, I started uh, in sixth grade as a saxophone player. I was in Western North Carolina, just a little bit north of Asheville at North Buncombe uh, Middle School, sixth grade saxophone player. Um, about halfway through high school, my parents said that they were gonna have to move to South Carolina. And we had seen this one marching band over and over again. Um, at different places, and it was James F. Burns High School. Uh, at the time, there were about 300 high school students strong. Um, I said, fine, don't mind the move, but I get to pick what school we go to, which was a dumb thing to say as a high school sophomore. But um, lo and behold, the school actually was right where we needed it to be. Um, I joined that program there. It was phenomenal experience. Uh, I, I just have to thank Mr. McIntyre so much for all the work that he put into me as a saxophone player. Um, I started playing guitar when I got there, uh, met some buddies, joined the church praise band, um, left Burns High School after that mountaintop uh, experience, knowing that teaching music was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Went to Furman University at uh, the advice of Mr. McIntyre, where I studied with Jay Cook and Les Hicken and Matt Olson and these guys, and they were just phenomenal people that just instilled further love of music for me. And then uh, from Furman University, I left to go teach at Seneca High School, which recently was devastated by those tornadoes that came through last week. Just ripped up that right where I used to teach. So my heart goes out to them. But I spent three years at Seneca High School. While I was there, I got married to my lovely wife, Kenzie, who is a Duluth native and was teaching at Lanier Middle School. So uh, I've wanted to wind up in Gwinnett pretty bad. So I... uh, I followed this guy named Heath Jones. I don't know if you guys have heard from him. He uh, he used to be at Peachtree Ridge High School. I became band director at Peachtree Ridge High School. And then uh, we started building the family up. So I, I took the opportunity to move over to Music Tech to have a little bit of time to spend with my baby girl and uh, spend some more time at home. And 
music tech has just been so much fun. I've always had a passion for playing guitar and getting out there and performing as much live as I can, which if you're gonna perform live at all, you have to have a little bit of dabbling in, in music technology. And it was always interesting, but um, now that I've really just nosedived into it, I'm just, it's so much fun. Every day I learn something new that I can do and it's just a blast. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I can relate to the same thing uh, as far as learning something new every day. So now I know that you do a lot of amazing things with your students uh, with music technology. But one of the projects that I wanted to focus on today is the electric guitar build that you did with your students. So how did that idea come about to build an electric guitar? So when I took the job teaching music technology at Peachtree Ridge High School, I, I actually took it because they built a new wing of the school. And uh, the new wing of the school has three floors. One floor is kind of an educational level. One floor is a science and engineering level. And then one floor is for dance. So I'm on the educational level, even though I'm really probably more tied to the uh, engineering and science idea altogether. But uh, they built the room without ever having anyone that wanted to take the class, which was maybe a little backwards. So I taught it extended day at first. It's like Field of Dreams. It's, it's exactly, you build it, they'll come. So I taught it extended day and I taught 14 students the first semester and 18 students the second semester. And the principal said, give me a problem. I either wanna hire a new band director or I wanna hire a music technology teacher. And I said, well, you'll definitely be hiring a music technology teacher. Well, I had so much fun that I was like, man, I could, I really see myself doing this, but it's gonna have to be like wild for me to really wanna do it. And they were like, sure, whatever. So we got started and the second year, I went from extended day, just teaching one period a day music tech to a full load of 180 students in one year. That one year we garnered enough to make it full load. I thought if I'm gonna be doing this all day, I really wanna do something that just is radically different. So our engineering level upstairs, if you took $700,000 and you bought every cool piece of woodworking equipment that you could think of and metalworking equipment, it's a room full of all that stuff. They've got laser cutters, CNC routers, they've got 3D printers, they've got all sorts of this stuff. And I was just talking to the physics teacher that runs the engineering lab up there. I was like, man, we should do just something weird. We should like, you know, we should like build a guitar. And he was like, what goes into that? And I was like, I don't know. But if you think there's any chance that we can do it, I think we should do it. So we started talking and looking and researching and lo and behold, we had everything we needed between his knowledge and mine to go after this project. And so the two of us were like, okay, we just gotta help help kids get started on this. And lo and behold, that's that's kind of where it, where it started, the idea of it at least, was that we just wanted to do something wild to put our name out there and get some recognition for what all the good things that were happening at the school at the time. Yeah, and I know that uh, there are some sources out there uh, where you can buy, uh, you know, kits to uh, build a guitar. And generally speaking, uh, not and not that those are easy to put together, but uh, you know, things like the guitar body and the neck and all that stuff kind of all comes pre-cut. But 
you started from like literally just a block of wood, right? We literally started from a big block of wood. Um, the only thing that we purchased that was pre-made for the guitar was the neck. We, uh, we felt like, and I would give this advice to anyone that was thinking about this project, like decide what you can and you can't do up front. And if the guitar neck isn't right, the rest of the instrument's just never gonna be good. If the frets aren't in exactly the right place, if they're not at the right height, and all that was gonna take too much time for us to really get right. So we bought the neck, but everything else was just totally block of wood and electrical components to begin with. So we um, we found the blueprints, The actually they were the patent prints for Fender um, online that had every measurement and every cup depth and every everything and we actually learned how to do some CAD work and the students built a CAD design of the guitar in the computer and then we moved that over to the CNC router and drew the path for the router to move along the wood and uh, it took I think it was about 90 minutes for the router to work and cut the entire body out yeah it's just amazing uh, listening to you talk a little bit about it and uh, and that there's so many different levels of education uh, that is going into this from, you know, physics to engineering to design. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and that's pretty, uh, uh, that's a really a, a real world experience for the kids, don't you think? That was a lot of it. The, the whole thing from like learning how to plan a project like this to actually executing the steps to then really in the final part, marketing it like sharing it with people and getting the idea out there. That's been um, experience that I think the kids have found really helpful, especially the planning and marketing. Because oftentimes kids in school get to do the actual work, but they're not involved in the planning process. But um, we have engineering interns, you would say, that are a little more like uh, independent learning scenarios. And they're the ones that really have to think through all of this to begin with and um, plan with me and with uh, the physics teacher at school. And we talk through all the steps. We actually spend, a, each year we've done a different project and we roughly spend the first semester of the school year researching and planning. We look at YouTube videos, we look at um, the schematics. I order the parts probably in September and we literally stare at the parts from September to December and talk about how it goes together and what the plan is and what the steps should be. And and it's only after Christmas in that like January that we actually start putting uh, hands on and making permanent changes to the instruments. So so planning and taking your time is, is really important. Really, really important. Yeah, so um, and a lot of people probably don't realize how much of that planning or how important that planning piece is so uh once that's done and you get to that time uh you know after uh, that winter break what tell me about second semester how does how does all this start to come together how, how long does it take it winds up generally taking a lot more time than i i think um and i would say that i generally plan a big project to take about a semester because you're doing this most of the time at the same time you're teaching the other classes. So it's not like you're taking 
30 kids at a time and dumping them all on one project and just being hyper-focused. I, I can't have all 30 kids laying hands on the guitar at the same time. I try to include as many kids as I can and as mi- really more as many are interested. Not all the kids are interested at all in building a guitar, but if they're even a little bit interested, I make sure to include them in the project. And I've had so many kids start to learn to play guitar because they built one. And you're like, well, there you go. They're learning not only to have a love for the process of building, but a love for the instrument itself. Um, The first guitar we did, uh, that took a full semester to actually build um, the finishing process. Like when everything finally looks like a guitar, that's where some of the work really just begins. So um, I think you've probably found... uh, and a little bit of your work that like getting those last detail steps on that turns it in from like a $200 guitar to being like a real special uh, piece of equipment. So like the finishing process alone, just putting the lacquer on the body took three weeks and that's not because it's hard. It's just, it has to dry. Right. And there's a yeah, lot of sand. After, right. <laughs> after uh, seeing and, and hearing the final product, uh, that y'all created at Peachtree Ridge, I was inspired to uh, undertake a project with my middle school students. Um, but you know, for us, we just got a kit, so everything was already you know pre-cut and, and that sort of thing. But uh, unfortunately, with the COVID-19 uh, outbreak shutting us down, because we were just getting to the end of that process of of getting the uh, the wood the wood prepared and the finish and all that kind of stuff, so. I ended up actually bringing it home with me and I got my son who's in uh, fifth grade uh, to help me, uh, you know, finish up uh, the last steps of assembling and putting it together. So, but like you mentioned, like once you get all the parts together, it's like, that's when the, uh, some of the hardest work starts. And I know you were a great resource uh, for me while we were putting that together. Um, So, I mean, just kind of continuing what, you know, what's some advice that you would give to someone thinking about doing this kind of project or maybe, you know, some of the, the pitfalls or, or resources that you relied on. So if you, if you don't have a major shop at your school, which I I understand most people don't, then those kits are fantastic. I must endorse stumac.com like they're phenomenal. Not only does Stumac offer me all the products that I need, they've got every tool imaginable that you need to work on a guitar if you want to order it, as well as um, internet resources. Their uh, YouTube page with their trade secrets is phenomenal. I spend hours researching these projects and watching exactly how not only they build, but they repair. I learn just as much from the repair videos as I do um, the build videos with little tips and tricks and and different things like that. So um, I must say stumac.com, even if you don't ever wind up spending a dollar with them, just go visit their uh, educational resources because it's phenomenal. Um, when you really boil it down, if you buy the kit from them, they're, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're not that many tools that you had to use that aren't common to your uh, everyday usage, like screwdriver, drill, uh, maybe a straight edge, like a nice straight edge you might buy that you don't already commonly have, and a soldering iron if you have never soldered anything. Um, 
you're going to need a soldering iron, but I mean, all that stuff, you can get the tools like that for under a hundred bucks. Yeah. I, I think the only tool that I went out and bought was a soldering iron. And once I got it, I realized that I actually already had one. Oh, um, perfect. <laughs> that was hidden in a, in a closet. So, um, but you know, some of the other things, uh, you know, that were needed really wasn't tools for the assembly as much as it was, uh, getting things uh, like the grain filler and the stain and the finishing pro- to just do the woodwork part of it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things uh, that's really cool because uh, I gained a whole new appreciation of, you know, carpenters and woodworkers because it takes so much time and so much patience just to, you know, get the aesthetics of the appearance of the instrument to look good. Yeah. And that to me is where we, we didn't stain our first uh, our first one. We got ash wood, and when we put the wood filler on it, we loved the look of it so much. It just has that natural butterscotch telly looking uh, appearance. So we just left it, and um, we actually did take a laser engraver and uh, laser our logo into it, which was which was kind of cool to get to see that final piece come to life. But um. We used uh, Birchwood Cassidy's True Oil, um, which is a product on Amazon that I think we paid, I don't know, like maybe 13 bucks for the bottle. And it's enough to do probably three or four guitars worth of uh, finish, but it's gunstock oil. So the same way you get that nice, thick, hard, uh, shiny finish on a gun stock is what we used on this. And there are tons of YouTube videos out there with people using Birchwood Cassidy True Oil to do guitar finishing. Um, it's it's pretty hard. I mean, it does scratch. It's Our guitar is used by high school students every day. It's scratched in three years. It looks... So do you happen to have the instrument anywhere nearby? I don't. Once we left the school, I just didn't grab have enough hands to grab everything as we were going out the door. I'm sorry. It's, right, uh, no, it's like a fire drill, right? I, I know, man. It's just like hurry up and get out as fast as you can. Um, we actually, the saddest thing to me, yours is left in was left in uh, pieces as as well as a project we were working on this year. We've actually been building an acoustic guitar. Now you want to talk about really gaining an appreciation for those woodworkers. Holy cow, Batman. Like this thing has been monstrous. We started in January. We've definitely made progress almost every day of the school year, but we have the neck almost ready to fit to the body, which is one of the biggest final steps, just getting the angle of that acoustic neck to set right. Um, We've got some fine chisel work left ahead of us but that's it man after that and putting on the finish we've we're gonna have a guitar but the body's done the neck's shaped up and looks right we're just sitting there waiting to put it together yeah i I know it's uh like you know the electric guitar project was kind of just the first i don't know if you anticipated uh kind of what would happen after that but uh, just give me a rundown real quick. What are what are the projects that you've done at, since that first one? So, yeah, we started with the electric guitar, and the big thing with that project was we wanted to design the body and get the build right. Um, from there, the next year, I, I kind of turned it over to the students to, to be 
And every time they say something, I'm like, no, we can't do that. And then I'm like, well, let me think about it. So the next thing they wanted to do is build an amp. So I was like, I don't know how to build an amp. That We're talking about 120 volts of AC electricity in the hands of high school students. I was not keen. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? I can't send anybody to the hospital because they got hurt in music tech class. <sighs> um, so we actually contacted Mohotone, um, which is a company in North Carolina. They do amp kits. And the engineering students upstairs did the box and the baffle and like the structure. And my kids built the amp and the chassis. So we built a recreation of a Fender Deluxe, which is a 5E3 for those of you that are big amp fans. Um, it's got four tubes in it. Um, they hum just like you would expect them to. When you really turn it up and let it go, it's a one by 12, 15 watt amp, and and it sounds good. So we built that in about a semester. If you are at all comfortable with reading electrical diagrams or um, schematics and stuff like that, um, there weren't even that many schematics to say there were more like really good pictures to follow to show you which uh wire went to where but it wasn't it wasn't that bad i had about 12 students that learned to solder for the first time on that project and no one got burned and lo and behold it actually turned on and no one got shocked on any of the capacitors or anything like that it's crazy yeah, and I've heard the instrument played on the amp that you made too, and it does, it sounds, I mean, it sounds fantastic. I, it really surprised me when it all said and done, like it, it's they all sound exactly like what we've designed them to sound like, which has been the most remarkable part thus far. So um, when I got done with the amp and through the amp building process, I applied um, for the Give a Note Foundation um, which is a great organization. If you haven't heard of them, give them a look on the internet. Um, I applied with them for a music education innovator grant because I thought who else is doing guitar building in the country? I don't know. There may be one or two of us out there, but but who knows? Um, I wound up winning the grant. It was a $5,000 grant um, to help out with taking it to the next level. And that's when we decided this year um, at school, we added a mobile recording studio with some of their help, as well as um, buying all the tools and everything we needed to really turn ourselves into a guitar workshop. So I would definitely say that now that we're working on an acoustic, the tools have been far more expensive than the wood. We've, with that grant, we were able to really help ourselves with a lot of different tool purchases. But um, we started building the acoustic guitar this year and um, we started another electric guitar, except this time uh, we actually built the pickups ourselves. So wow. this was the crazy one. One of the interns at the beginning of the year, I was like, you know, we should just build some pickups too. And he was like, can't be hard. I was like, <laughs> Come on, man, we're just gonna order some pickups. He was like, no, we got this. So he went on the internet and like started researching, like what does a pickup winding machine look like? So he got a breadboard out and built a circuit himself that counts how many times a hairdryer motor spins. 
and it keeps track with LED lights. So he's got like a row of lights for ones, a row of lights for tens, a row of lights for hundreds, and a row of lights for thousands. And uh, this little wire that he can stick in, that's an auto shut off. So as soon as it hits a particular number, it shuts itself off, which is crazy to me. So he built, 3D printed some gears, um, reducer gears on the hairdryer motor so it would turn a little bit slower. And lo and behold, we've actually built functional Stratocaster guitar pickups this year. And it's, and he totally built the machine himself to do it. It's not, we didn't buy a pickup winder, we just decided, the only thing we bought were some of those thin pieces of black uh, flat work and some magnets and some wire. Yeah, there's some um, really cool YouTube videos out there uh, about Leo Fender's workshop. Um, and that's one of the you know huge things was that he would just work on designing and making these pickups. Mm-hmm. And then he had this little like gig set up uh, where he could actually you know p- place the pickups underneath the strings and experiment with placement and it was really cool, but you know, it's, it's always, I always tell people it's amazing what students will do if we just get out of the way and let them do it. Exactly. So that's pretty crazy. And actually, if if you can see this, this microphone was built by my students this year. We actually found this kit at mikeparts.com. So everything you're hearing today recorded on a microphone built by students. Yeah, and that's so cool. And I know, you know, my initial reaction to like seeing some of the stuff that you did was like, oh my gosh, like this, that's amazing. Like how on, how on earth could uh, this be done? But the the thing about it is, I mean, one of the things like that you demonstrated that this is all, um, you know, very doable with students. And it, I mean, you're a master teacher to do, to, you know, undertake this, but just to come up with the idea, but it really, all these things really, I think, for particularly with high school students, uh, whether they're interested in, uh, you know, if they're interested in engineering, uh, but they also like music. Well, you know, there's there's ways to combine those two passions together into, you know, a real career. You know, one of my uh, ant building icons is Dr. Z. I don't know if you're familiar with his stuff. His amps are going for like two to four grand right now for everything he produces and he can't produce them fast enough he's not a musician at all but he loves music so he's spent years now designing amps for some of the top musicians in the world and he has no clue how to play a guitar and put it through it he's got guys that sit in that he hires guitar players to work for him so that he can hear what they sound like but he just knows the engineering side of it and loves to make music with people yeah, and that was uh, Leo Fender also. I mean, he wasn't, uh, I mean, he could play the instrument, but he yeah, was by no means like a, an accomplice. He would, uh, you know, read stories about, you know, he would bring all these people in and, and ask them, like, what is it about the instrument that you don't like or what would you like for it to be able to do? Mm-hmm. And then that was his interest that is taking those puzzles or challenges and, you know, how can he make the instrument that the musician wants or needs exactly exactly so tell me a little more about the uh the given oak foundation and who was behind that and uh some of your personal experiences that that led to uh this recognition um i found out about the given oak foundation through our gma newsletter um that came out i saw um 
a, an email blast that had a link to this grant. And like I said, I thought, music innovation, I think I might be doing something that's innovative in music. So uh, I should try this. Um, the process was was a good bit of writing. I'm not saying that it wasn't, but it was well worth it in the process. Um, we sent round one off. I actually think we had a snow day, and I just decided that snow day, that I was like, I'm gonna fill this out. I'm not got anything better to do on a snow day. I'm just gonna turn this uh, thing out. And then I made it to the second round, and I was like, oh, took a lot more time on the second round when I actually made it through. <laughs> but um, the, the, some of the really cool things with the Given Up Foundation is that they actually uh, paid for me to go to Nashville for a recognition banquet that was part of the CMA Foundation. So um, we went up to uh, Music Works in Nashville and it was an evening full of CMA uh, members. Um, it's also part of the Music Teachers of Excellence grant night and uh, Dirks Bentley was the host that night. So we got to have like a small private concert by Dirks Bentley, which was just crazy. I was walking over to the buffet line that night and I was like, man, that guy over there, he looks so familiar. Where do I know that guy from? And in a few minutes it dawned on me, it was Kix Brooks. Kix Brooks from Brooks and Dunn was eating dinner two tables away from me. I was a little uh, starstruck to, on that one to say the least. But um, that was a fun night. Um, with the Give and Note Foundation, I got to go to the NAFME National Conference this year and present um, at Orlando for that, as well as um, for Giving Tuesday this year. Um, they had a, a really cool event in Nashville, and they brought me up to the um, event and we got to take the the telly that we built and the amp that we built and uh, Devin Gafillion, which is their artist ambassador, he actually uh, gave a concert using our equipment that the students built. So we had a, a concert at this event and that instrument was the only instrument used. That That, that is, I mean, it's just amazing. And um, it seems like I remember you mentioning at some point in time that you've even had some contact from some other guitar makers in the industry. Yeah, so with your students at at that event, that Giving Tuesday event, um, the Gibson Foundation representative was there, and uh, he and I had chatted a little bit in an email, kind of blasé, about uh, he had heard through Give a Note that my kids were doing some of this stuff, and wondered if if Gibson was in town anytime, if they could come present. Well, that night he heard what our kids were actually doing, and um, we had he, he quickly got back in contact with us to see what they could do to uh, to get us up to Nashville. So sadly, this event was canceled by COVID nineteen, but it has been going to be rescheduled for this coming semester. There, uh, the given the not the given out, but the Gibson Foundation is paying for our Peachtree Ridge students to take a. A little field trip up to the Nashville factories so that we can actually tour the Gibson factories which are not open to the public since the flood of what was it 2011 is that when the flood happened something like that 11 or 12 they've been closed to the public since then so we're gonna get like a back behind the scenes tour to see what all happens to the manufacturing process at Gibson 
Yeah, a, a little field trip that 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 has to be in a top ten understatement uh, of the year from some from somewhere. <laughs> so, uh, oh, that's just so cool. So, um, yeah. So one of the things because uh, I know we're kind of getting close to the uh, end of our time that we have today, but uh, you know, in talking to a lot of different uh, you know teachers about music technology, uh, you know. Oftentimes, the, you know, the first question I get is, so what exactly is music technology? What's the, what's the curriculum? And uh, I know that you and I both have been involved uh, at the local uh, and at the state level with our Department of Education in writing and creating, you know, curriculum for uh, music technology uh, across the state of Georgia. So uh, my last question I wanted to ask is just, uh, can you talk a little bit about how, uh, you know, you feel like this these projects that have to do with you know, manufacture and the kind of technical uh, aspects of you know, building these instruments, how that fits into the overall music technology curriculum that you teach. That's great. So really, music technology, when people ask, I'm like, it can be almost anything you want it to be. Like anything that you listen to every day is, is part of music technology. Like there had to be something there. Now, is there curriculum building harmonies and melodies and learning form and all this kind of stuff? Yeah, of course. Um, and, and this question has been brought up to me a lot too, like how is building a guitar part of music technology? Well, if my kids understand how a guitar works, then they understand how the technology actually functions that they're using every day. So once they understand how a guitar is built, it's easier for them to understand why string length matters, how a fret works, why that's important, how a half step relates when you move from one fret to the next fret, why the guitar makes harmony the way it does. Um, one of the things we've really gotten into recently is like, what are resistors and capacitors and why do they matter? Well, if you've ever used an EQ in your um, music technology project to shape the tone of uh, a product, you're using a capacitor and a resistor. A variable resistor, that's the knob that you're turning, and the capacitor is actually setting the frequency at which that knob is functioning on. So if they understand how these electrical devices actually affect the tone, then they better understand the analog hardware that they get to use from time to time and how our in-the-box recording software is replicating that analog hardware. Students that walk out of our class have the potential to walk straight in to like say the movie industry or the actual live recording industry. If they know how to build an amplifier, what a great thing on their uh, resume to turn into these people. Like if you have a microphone that breaks, I might be able to fix it without you having to buy another one or any of these things. If you have a cable that doesn't work instead of buying a new 100 foot XLR cable, I know how to solder that bad boy back together. And so they're gaining just real world experiences and problems that come up all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, um, you know, it's kind of like as a musician, you learn music theory to like understand kind of the nuts and bolts of music. And, you know, with these instruments that you're building, you're like learning the theory of, you know, underneath the, the, the theory of the technology. Which, yeah. So, which is, uh, 
which is, you know, just as important as everything else they're using. And I think a lot of times, you know, anytime we say technology, people immediately think computers. But, you know, I tell my students that, you know, computers is what we could, what we would consider digital technology. That's a very specific kind of technology. But Mm -hmm. this kind of, uh, you know, there's electric technology, there's, you know, engineering and, and that guitar and those microphones. Uh, and even an acoustic guitar is uh, a piece of technology. For sure. So, well, Andy, it, it has been uh, a great conversation today, and I really appreciate you. Uh, appreciate your time, and I appreciate you sharing your experience and expertise with us. Um, if anyone would like more information about uh, you and your music technology program, are there some ways that they can connect with you? Um, Instagram, we're and. Uh, Twitter, I guess, is at Roaring underscore Records. Our school mascot is the Lions, so we are at Roaring underscore Records. I am on Facebook um, at Andy Edwards. I think if you search Roaring Records, you get to me on Facebook as well. We also have a YouTube channel where I post a lot of uh, helpful videos. We use Logic in class. I try to post as many things about Logic and Soundtrap lately um, as possible to just have things out there for my students and anyone is welcome to them that wants to borrow them. You can always reach me um, at my email address, which is andy.edwards at gcpsk12.org. Any of those things, I would be happy to talk to anyone about their music technology stuff. Awesome. And I will make sure that we, uh, if you miss any of that information, I'll make sure that we post it uh, in the program notes uh, so you can find it there. So uh, once once again, Andy, thanks so much. Uh, We have just scratched the surface of the information that you have to share. So I'm hoping we can find another time and do this again sooner rather than later. Let's do it. Thank you for having me, Heath. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Andy Edwards. If you're interested in learning more about Andy and his work, check out the notes for this episode to see the links to his email and social links. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and tell your friends and colleagues all about it. In addition to this podcast and www.newtechteachernet.com website, I also have a blog at www www.newtechteachernetblog.com and a channel on YouTube with over 100 videos for teachers and students. Search at New Tech Teacher Net. And if that isn't enough, you can also stay in touch with us on Facebook at New Tech Teacher Net or on Twitter at Twitter handle at New Tech Teach Net. Please like and share and always feel free to leave some comments and let us know how we are doing or what you would like to learn more about. Advocate, support, inspire, create. The Music Technology Teacher Network. Teacher Network. Music Technology Teacher Network. Music Technology Teacher Network.